Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. Before we get to the Sunday message, we want to share a need that we have as a community. We had to burn through our savings during the COVID pandemic, and we would like to replenish that in order to stay on mission and continue doing ministry as Grace and Peace Church. If you find any value from what we're doing as a podcast or as a church community, we'd invite you to check out the GoFundMe. There's a link in the description in the show notes, as well as on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or on our website at graceandpeacechurch.org. And uh, you can read more on that GoFundMe page about what we're doing and support what we're doing. Grace and peace to you as you participate and prayerfully support what's happening and what God is doing through this community and keeping it alive. Grace and peace to you. We're doing this thing where we are using the lectionary to preach through, which is kind of new for me. I've never done that before. Um, But one of the things that I really love is the liturgy that's been passed down through hundreds of years in the church that um, that unifies a church, not just our church, but globally the church, what it looks like to be followers of Jesus. And uh, what they do is the link that's in the digital bulletin, you guys can check it out uh, if you want to look at it and kind of nerd out on it this week. It has a calendar and it basically gives you scripture for each week to preach through that the church is going through globally. Um, and it started with the Catholic Church, but naturally it's progressed into other denominations, and other people have used it because it's essentially just the core of it being Scripture, right? So you got Old Testament passages, New Testament passage, you have Psalms, Epistles, and generally a proverb, and there's be a, like a real short prayer that comes with it. And so it centers us in this, the truth that we want to dig into on a consistent basis, um, and generally with a bit of a theme. And so what you guys will probably see is that every Sunday that we preach through the lectionary, there's a theme that comes up. And the theme that comes up this week is covenant. And so when we read this passage that we're going to read, you'll see that word come up, and you'll see that theme come up as we we talk about it. Um, And so we're going to do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about sports and really what covenant looks like. And then uh, I'll ask you guys a few questions because I like engaging as a church in conversation because I think it's a good thing and we're small enough to do that. And then then we'll close with communion. Sound like a deal? All right, let's do it. Um, So first thing I want to read is the prayer that is in that lectionary because of how beautiful it is and it sets us up for where we're going. So it says, keep, O Lord, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love. Talking about us as a church, right? that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen? All right. So our passage is in Exodus 19, and you might be kind of familiar with this once we start reading it, Um, but if you're not, I'll give a little context after we read it. So check this out. Exodus 19, verses 2 through 8. The Israelites had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, 
you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, underline that word, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all answered as one, everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. That's something to underline, circle, highlight. Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. There's a sense of obedience. And what had happened right here is God's people, the Israelites, had been in slavery in Egypt, and God had set them free. And that's where you see this, like, God pointing that out. Like, I set you free on eagle's wings. Like, I, I, take, I took you out of slavery, captivity, a place of destruction, of darkness, and I've set you free. And then the conversation goes to, as a result of that, like, I want you to know that I love you and I care for you deeply. Obey. Be part of this covenant that I have, this relationship that we're going to have where you begin to follow me and listen to my voice. And so the response from the people is, yeah, naturally. You've done amazing things in our lives to set us free. Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Okay? So let's talk about definition of a covenant because this covenant that God's making with them is something that happens throughout Scripture. There's like four major covenants, actually five, um, technically eight, but we're going to talk about the real big ones. Um, But this idea of covenant is kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of a weird word to be talking about and it sounds really boring, Um, but hopefully I can help us kind of see what's happening, what God's been doing throughout all of Scripture and all of time in relationship with his people. So the definition of covenant is this agreement, usually formal, between two people or more persons to do or not do something specified, okay? It's a commitment between two parties. There's a commitment that happens to live out a certain deal, contract, whatever it is, right, if you think about it in modern terms. In ancient times, this kind of covenant would have been just an an agreement saying, I'm going to be your God, you're going to follow me, and essentially what they say is, yes, we're all about what you are doing, God, and we're going to be obedient to it, okay? Definition of covenant um, seems foreign when we talk about, like, scripture and stuff, but it happens a lot today. We do it all the time, and we live into it in all kinds of ways. It's just we don't call it covenant anymore, and we don't make it as official. So let me just try and help us see that because I see it all around us. How many of you have a loyalty to a restaurant? Anybody? Like a restaurant that you're just like, I love that place. If I could go anywhere right now, we're going there, and it's delicious, and it's so good. And if you say anything otherwise, you're probably going to get some heat, right? Anybody there? Okay, so you guys all understand that. There's a little bit of that. Uh, once you start talking about in and out or different places or burger places, people are like, no, 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 that's not a burger. This is a burger, right? So we have covenants with certain places that we've made. We just aren't fully aware of it, okay? Let's unpack it a little bit more. Um, how many, so this is one of the things that my kids are way into. Um, they're not super new, but I know that all their friends and all kids, anytime I'm in a grocery store, when they see Prime, they lose their minds. Have you guys heard of this? Okay, so Prime, just I'm going to fill you guys in because we're going to start with kids. We're going to work our way up to us. Prime is just like a, I don't know, it's like a Gatorade, right? 
I don't even, I haven't even had one. But kids lose their minds. If they see Prime in like a gas station, they're like, gotta get Prime. I must have Prime. They just lose their minds and they'll do anything they can just to get a Prime. I'm like, how did that happen? Like, who's convinced them that this is like the thing that you have to have, right? Um, but somehow it's happened. Um, do we have any uh, Apple fans in here? PC? Okay, so like we, we created a, a dichotomy there instantly. Like you've made a covenant with some company that says Apple is better than Android, right? Uh, or vice versa. Android people are like, no, it's clearly, it's, there's no discussion here. It's clearly like Apple's got you all kind of convinced that drinking the Kool-Aid, that that's the best product in the world. Uh, and so there will always be that conversation because we make a covenant with these companies, and we say, like, I want to be fully in with what you're doing, and I will buy every product, and I will represent you, even though you don't pay me to say a word about it, right? Um, there's, a, there's a little contract there that's hidden, uh, a covenant that we make, a commitment that we make to these companies. Um, any sports fans in here? All right. Um, I know in San Diego, I was going to use this analogy of, like, the commitment to the Padres, but in San Diego, I don't think we have true commitment. I don't know, Ryan's pretty committed because he's wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> Come on. Um, but uh, my daughter went to a Padres game with my wife this week because they get tickets from work. And she was like, I want to get a hat. And I'm like, do you even know what the Padres do? Like, like is, are they scoring touchdowns? Like, what's going on? Do you know anything? And she was like, no, not really, but I want a Padres hat. And I'm like, cool, fair weather fan. You know, like, that's like sums up a lot of San Diego. Am I right? Okay, so if the Padres are doing great, everybody's in. As soon as the Padres do bad, what happens? <laughs> I hate these. Can't we figure it out? Come on. Can't we just, like, get the right team? Um, so I, I used to work in construction, and I worked with this guy, Ron. And I worked in a wood shop for a long time that uh, in a wood shop, when you work with a bunch of other guys, they all have their tools. And I worked with this guy who was a sports fanatic that loved the Chiefs, Okay. So Kansas City Chiefs was like his thing, like his toolbox. You open it up, naturally it was red, obviously. And then inside it, he had like Chiefs stickers everywhere and like, I don't know, just Chiefs paraphernalia all over it. And I'm like, you're a little obsessed with the Chiefs, aren't you? He's kind of like this guy. Um, and, uh, and he was just obsessed. Like he like called them his Chiefies. Is that a thing? I don't know. He's like, my Chiefies did good this week, you know? And he's like all excited about it. He was like, sold out that the Chiefs were, like, life. He'd watch every single game. Like, he knew stats that I was, like, I didn't even know people cared that much about football, right? Um, and he was deeply committed. You got to know that, like, I grew up surfing. I didn't really get into team sports. I was not, like, I don't have a team. So it's all kind of foreign to me. So excuse me if I don't fully understand the lingo. But, um, but I knew this guy was obsessed, okay? Like, like obsessed is an understatement. Loved it. He had this, like, unwritten contract covenant with the Chiefs, right? Like, he's committed to them. This guy, like, the guy that wakes up and makes a barrel for, what team is that? Broncos. Broncos? Wakes up in the morning going, I'm going to get a barrel, and I'm going to, like, find a Broncos logo, wrap it around it. Who knows what he has on under there or doesn't have on under there, right? Like, this guy's committed to the team, like, so committed that he's got the bullhorn, and yeah, he's all about it. I would never do that. You know what I mean? Like, his commitment to the team is just next level. And, um, 
And so I thought about it. I was like, this is, like, we covenant all the time. We just don't know it. We're just not always aware of it, and we don't always, like, acknowledge it. But that guy is sold out to Kansas City. Um, yeah, the, the commitment that we have and the commitment that that guy has with the barrel is for sure a covenant. It's a commitment to the team, right? And the team, they're holding up their end of the commitment because, like, we'll provide a stadium. We're going to provide lots of stickers for you to, like, put on whatever you want to put on. And we'll make sure that you can represent us really well, right? So we'll make sure you have seats. We'll make sure you have plenty of, I don't know, stuff in the stadium to enjoy. There's a, there's a mutual commitment that goes back and forth. There's a covenant that starts to happen there, right? And if, anybody, if any of you are like fans of another team and you went up to this guy and started talking about how your team's better, what happens? There's a bit of a clash, right? It's going to get heated probably. Like this is not the guy that's like, oh, that's cool. Your team's probably pretty good too. You know, like he's committed to his team. And, and what a covenant says is that you're committed to something. It says that you're completely sold out. You're all about it. Um, if you really want to see Covenant at play, how many of you guys have watched uh, Welcome to Wrexham? Anybody? Okay, just me. Wow, you guys need to watch some, some TV. No, maybe you don't. Um, just kidding. Um, anybody watch Ted Lasso? Okay, so you got to get the idea there too. Welcome to Wrexham is kind of the same thing. They're identical in some ways, or a lot of ways. Um, but sports teams, you talk about soccer, or you talk about football, right? Real football that's in other parts of the world, there's a commitment to their team that is on another level that, like, puts these guys to shame, right? The Kansas City guy, like, looks weak compared to what they do um, in the UK and all these different places, like, in Europe. Like, soccer is core, even South America, right? Like, sold-out commitment to the team, the club, right? Like, there is a commitment to it that is at another level. And um, and I heard it or saw an interesting... Um, observation this week as I was like kind of researching some of that, um, that sports teams and being committed to a sports team has this level of, having that level of commitment results in people being happier and healthier as a result of it. Think about that. The kind of community that happens when you begin to make a commitment to a team, that then you're part of a group of people that are all rallying towards that same team. You're making a covenant to say, like, I'm going to be at the, the pub or the club or whatever, the bar, whatever it is, to hang out with all these people, to, to root on my team, to be a part of it. I'm going to be at the field. I'm going to be at the stadium. And there's something that happens in creating relationships for people that um, to bond people and give them meaning and give them purpose, right? Um, some of you might argue, some of you that aren't as committed to sports, you might say, well, that's, like, that's great that they're committed to that, but like, what happens if the team fails or disappears or whatever? Your, your livelihood and your health and your relationships are all built on something that can crumble pretty quick, right? So the argument like, we would say as Christ followers is like, we want something deeper, more significant. But it's an interesting observation to see that people do get healthier when they have that kind of community around them, when they have people that they rally around a, a, um, a common purpose, right? There's something healthy about that. So they're kind of borrowing something that's healthy that happens in the Jesus community that I think is really interesting to observe. Um, I also found out that Kansas City is the loudest team decibel-wise on record. 
that was pretty interesting for me to see. Um, but essentially, what I want to point out is we covenant all the time. We make all kinds of covenants and commitments um, in life. We're just not always aware of it. We're not fully uh, in tune with that at all times. Um, but I hope that we can begin to see areas in our lives where we make these commitments that don't result in true life, that aren't deeply life-giving, right? There's good things that we can commit to that may be healthy and have aspects of them that are good. But my prayer and my hope and what we see here in Exodus is the people of God, the Israelites, making a commitment saying, we will obey. We will be obedient to what you desire because ultimately we're going to be your biggest fan. We know that what you are doing, God, they would say Yahweh in that time, what you are doing, God, is so much more beyond what we can comprehend. You took us out of slavery. You set us free, right? You've given us a promise, a hope to thrive, to do really well in a way of living that is super good. And so these covenants and these commitments that people made with God transformed life. And what I want to kind of point out, I'm going to just give us a little background on covenant a little bit more just to kind of give you guys some biblical foundation of understanding of what it looks like. Because when you study scripture, sometimes you can read it and it sounds disconnected. But when you start to see this big theme of covenant all throughout scripture, it helps you get the big picture and understand really what's happening. And so there's a few covenants that happen. Um, that maybe some of you are familiar with, and, and I might be making some references that require some deeper study in the future, which is great. I'm okay with that. Um, but there's a covenant that God makes with Noah, right? God will no longer intercede with divine intervention into what happens, right? Noah, God set a, you know, go in the ark. I'm going to flood the earth. And the covenant that God makes with him says, I'm never going to intercede with the evil that exists on this earth anymore. I'm going to allow it to go. You People can make their decisions. Um, the covenant that God makes with them is like, I will no longer do that. And he does that with a rainbow, right? Um, that's the, the reminder. And then there's an Abrahamic covenant. God would bless Abraham. And the, through his bloodline, there would be a blessing to all people. Uh, all people on earth will be blessed through him and his obedience and his commitment to God. There's a Mosaic covenant that happens, and this is where you see God's people. You start to read through Leviticus, and you see law after law after law. It's 613 laws. You start to see the commitment, the covenant that God makes with people, saying, follow these rules, and then you'll begin to see like how to relate with me, right? That then you'll begin to learn how to care for one another, to prioritize good over evil, right? So that's where the Mosaic Covenant comes in. And then God's people become a witness to the world around them, what it looks like to follow God. And then there's the covenant God makes with David, which then kind of continues that on. And then the final covenant that all of you are familiar with is Jesus, the new covenant. And the new covenant, which we're going to talk about in communion at the very end, um, is this relationship and essentially God saying, I want to have relationship with you. The way that, we, the way that I've designed you to live, um, I know it best, and I want to teach you that. I want to show you that. But that requires a commitment. And a commitment is more than just saying, oh, I love you, God. I'm going to say this prayer, and I'm going to follow you. It's, 
I'm going to follow you every day of my life. Like every moment of every day, every commitment that I make, every conversation that I have is going to be saturated with you, Jesus. My decisions will be ran through that filter of like, what does Jesus desire in my life? That he becomes the center of everything. And I know that sounds like really just almost unattainable at times, or it seems really lofty and like, oh, that's what you say at church. But the rest of the week, it's kind of challenging, right? I'm not saying that those challenges don't exist. What I'm saying is that we wrestle with it and we say, what does God want me to do? We may not get it perfect every time, but every time we, we get a little closer to understanding, oh, ultimately God had a plan and he was trying to do something in my life. That when I was really rude to that person, that didn't work out and that isn't the design that God has for my life. That when I treat people differently, that there starts to be this satisfaction in life that I'm doing the thing that God designed me to do, right? That when I begin to serve others, I begin to find my purpose. And it begins to transform life in this really beautiful way. So this new covenant that Jesus invites us into of following him, committing to him, it requires saying, we will obey. We will be part of it. So that's what the Exodus thing is. It's not like an Old Testament thing. It's continuing on. It's been going on since the beginning. It's God continually saying, I want to be in a relationship with you. I want to be in covenant with you. I want you to be my biggest fan, like throw a barrel around you and just like go crazy about it. I'm just kidding. Um, but be committed to that level of just like, I want, to, I want to put Jesus center. I want him to be the thing that, the flag that I raise on a regular basis um, and completely committed to that. The passage that we see um, Jesus talk about when it, when, so when we see the Israelites talk about we will commit, it wasn't an individual basis. There wasn't a, well, I'll commit, and if my neighbor doesn't, that's fine, but it was like, we all will commit to this. It was people centering around Jesus, centering on God at that time, um, saying we all as a community want to reflect the love of God to the world around us. And that's the invitation that Jesus does as well, because what Jesus teaches his disciples is like, it's not just you as an individual making decisions. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you kind of treat each other kindly, <laughs> if you tolerate each other, if you just kind of be nice on the weekend. What does it say? If you love one another. By your love, people will know that you're my disciples. And that has an element of how we treat each other, right? A very strong element of like, you can't just say, I love Jesus, and then walk in here and hate everybody else. Or disagree with everybody and just be like, oh, I'm angry at you. It's, it's this level of community that says we all want to follow God. We all want to be part of that and committed to it. Sure, there's an individual element of decision, right? I can't force any of you to say anything or do anything. You have your own choices, but when we think about our faith, it's not just us as individuals. That when we love one another, when we take care of one another, that's a witness to others of what this community prioritizes, right? It's like, where, where do we, what do we care about most? And, and so I'm going to, there's a psalm that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over, but I just encourage you to read. It's in the, in the digital bulletin, but I'm going to move a little further into um, 
this idea that what Jesus continued to do and what he invites his disciples to do through communion is understand that we, collective, make up the body of Christ and represent Jesus in a beautiful way. It's not always easy, is it? <laughs> Someone cuts you off on the road and we're sitting in traffic because we're always in traffic in San Diego, right? We were just talking about that earlier. There will be challenges this week. There will be difficulties uh, as Father's Day, as parents, right? There will be challenges um, with coworkers. There will be challenges with neighbors in your neighborhood. Um, there will always be difficulties. There will all be, always be challenges that we will face. But what Jesus invites us into is this covenant, this covenant to say, I'm going to prioritize the things of God over any complication I have in my life. I'm going to prioritize the fact that God loves everybody in my neighborhood. I'm going to prioritize the fact that God loves the person that cut me off, right? I'm going to prioritize the fact that God deeply cares about not just me, but the people around me. And that's the commitment that Jesus invited his disciples into with communion. So I know we take communion a lot. It's maybe foreign to some of you, and it was foreign to me growing up, but I love the visual and I love the reminder that Jesus says, take the bread, take the cup and be reminded that this is a covenant. This is a commitment that we make to loving others. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it often. Um, early church took it consistently, way more than we did, <laughs> Right? Um, and they prioritized it. And I think they did that because they knew that it was a reminder of the fact that Jesus sacrificed his body, poured out his blood for us. And then it's a constant reminder of sacrifice and love, right? That then he says, like, when you take this, you're making a commitment, just like a fan on a field or anywhere, you're making a commitment to be part of this, this community that loves, this community that sacrifices themselves, that gives up of their time, their efforts, their, their resources, everything about them. They give up themselves in order for others to live. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he invites us to do as well. So it's like this like carrying on of this commitment, this covenant um, today, 2,000 years later, right? that that commitment that started early on in Exodus where God is talking to his people saying, I want to make this commitment where we begin to be a community that reflects love to this world. And you're going to be a blessing to all nations. It's like that, that commitment's continuing on. That covenant is continuing on. And so I want to ask you, because um, we have just a couple of minutes, um, who are some people that you think of that have made this commitment or this covenant in a beautiful way? Who are people throughout history or maybe in your lifetime that you've witnessed that took on this covenant and lived it out in a way that inspired you, inspired others to be part of this covenant? Take a moment and think about it. Um, just at the top of my head, this, is, this would be like a cliche one, Mother Teresa, right? She took on this commitment to say, I'm going to 
I'm going to care for the least of these. I'm going to be a reflection of Jesus' love, this covenant, wherever I go. And she was the one that grabbed the worst sandals. When a batch of sandals would show up, a donation would show up to give out to everyone, she would find the worst sandals in the stack, take those ones, and then give out all the rest, right? She covenanted in a way with God that said, I'm going to prioritize God in all of my life. Isn't that beautiful? That's just one example. That's kind of like, to us sometimes, we're like, that seems so extreme. There's others. I think of even artists. I'm going to show you guys one image real quick as we close and we're going to have communion. Um, I've shared this before. This is an account that I follow that inspires me and encourages me during the week. Uh, Psalms and prayers, you can look it up. But the poem that goes with this um, is attributed to St. Brennan, and that's a picture that this artist drew of him that's just kind of like a sketch that'll turn into more of an art piece in the future um, that I'm sure he'll post. But um, this, this poem to me was really inspiring. I want to read this and then we're going to take communion. Um, it's written 1,500 years ago. How crazy is that to think about? Like we talk about something that's like stands the test of time. Um, but written by St. Brennan, who was an Irish monastic monk. He was also called Brendan the Navigator because he would sail in a boat to these foreign islands in the area they were at um, to try and share the gospel. And here's the prayer that he prays. Shall I abandon, O king of mysteries, the soft comforts of home? Shall I turn my back on my native land and turn my face towards the sea? Shall I put myself wholly at your mercy, without silver, without a horse, without fame, without honor? Shall I throw myself wholly upon you, without sword and shield, without food and drink, without a bed to lie on? Shall I say farewell to my beautiful land, placing myself under your yoke? Shall I pour out my heart to you, confessing my manifold sins and begging forgiveness, tears streaming down my cheeks? Shall I leave the prints of my knees on the sandy beach, a record of my final prayer in my native land? Shall I then suffer every kind of wound that the sea can inflict? Shall I take my tiny boat across the wide, sparkling ocean, to which I say yes, as a fisherman? A king of the glorious heaven, shall I go of my own choice upon the sea? O Christ, will you help me on the wild waves? I think it's such a cool poem to like, just picture 1,500 years ago, this guy sitting on the shore thinking, should I go? Should I lay down all these comforts, these things that I find so easy in order to go and live adventurously, right? And not just adventurously for the sake of adventure, but adventurously saying, I want to follow God and where he leads me because that adventure is wild and the ways that it transforms people's lives is amazing. So I would encourage you to just check these out. There's some, um, even just like just studying St. Brennan and his journeys, um, it's, it's inspiring. And you begin to see just a life that was dedicated to this covenant, this covenant. So like the term covenant that sounded boring when I first started this sermon, hopefully covenant has a different meaning for us. Hopefully covenant means commitment, saying, 
I want to I commit to what God's doing because God's already committed to us. He's demonstrated that in Jesus. And so if we just stand, we're going to take communion to be reminded of that covenant. So if you just stand and, uh, yeah, Dean's going to close us with a song. And um, I would just encourage you, as you feel led, just to come up. Just make some space down the center here and just grab the bread, uh, dip it in the cup. And if you want to go back to your seat and take it, um, or take it on your way back, doesn't matter. There's, there's no technical way to do this other than the fact that we say, I want to be committed to what God's doing. Simple as that. Um, just a reminder to say, I want to commit to the things of God and what he's doing in my life because that adventure is wild and it's beautiful and it's life transforming because the kind word that you might say to someone this afternoon as a result of this kind of covenant changes the world. It's, it's amazing, right? Like the way that we demonstrate that love transforms our community in, a, in just an amazing way. So let's pray and let's make this commitment and this covenant um, if you feel comfortable. Don't feel like you have to. If you want to come up, go for it. If not, you can stay in your seat and, um, and worship with us. Lord, um, thank you for your commitment, your covenant to us um, that while we're astray, while we're sinners, while we're um, caught in darkness, you saved us. You reached out and by demonstration on the cross, by laying down your life, by serving, by washing your disciples' feet, doing the thing that is so unexpected, um, you demonstrated that kind of love. And we want to be part of that. We want to be people who reflect that kind of love because we've been forgiven much. We want to forgive others and we want to go and serve others and love others. And so as we take the bread, as we take of the cup, May we be reminded of your deep love for us as we go out into the world. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen.